Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Wicked Anime is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds and otaku across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other wicked awesome geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Wicked Anime Podcast. This is episode 115. I am the stupid awesome analyst, Jonathan. And with me is the hard man with hard opinions, Andrew. Hi. And King Baby Duck Evan from the Boston Bastard Brigade. Hello, bastards and wenches. Slash Wicked Anime. Yes. (laughs) You are on the show, after all. Yeah. Oh. So, today, I was going through... This this podcast kind of snuck up on me because I'm in finals at school right now. And I'm giving all... You're, you're a teacher. Yes. You're not, you're not taking finals. Right. I you actually are giving t- finals. Well, I took my college finals already right. for this semester. And now I'm mm-hmm. focusing on giving my students their finals. So I this, this podcast kind of snuck up on me. So I didn't know what we were going to talk about. But I have this I have this huge backlog of all the topics that our fans have sent and the ones that we have come up with over a long, long history of Wicked Anime. And I came across a really old one that we had never done before. This one comes from Wicked Fan Eric. And he sent us a topic a long time ago asking us the question, what is your anime and how big is the world that your anime characters live in? And how does... The size of an anime world affect the story. So this is going to be kind of a st- in-depth look into storytelling itself. And also we're going to talk about our favorite animes and how big the world is in them and how it di- differs from story to story. You guys are never going to guess what anime I'm going to talk about. Yeah. I, <laughs> is, is it Thundercats? Oh, that's a is, good one. <laughs> no, man. But I Does guess it rhyme with Schmelf and Schmied? That doesn't sound like Monster Hunter at all, Evan. <laughs> or Black Lagoon. <laughs> Cat girls. Uh, all right, so let's ring the news bell. News. Ah! News. <laughs> okay. Uh, so my piece of news that I had seen for this episode was actually a J-List update. Because if you want to know some really awesome, obscure information from Japan, and you don't want to go on to Rocket News all the time... Uh, you can also subscribe to J-List's weekly newsletter. Peter Payne of J-List always sends amazing updates. It sounds like I'm endorsing him, but we're not getting paid by J-List in the least. We yet. should be. <laughs> we should we be. Talk with all, so with all the J-List that we promote, we should be. And he follows us on all of our social meets. He so. does? He does. That was a long time he ago. He follows me on Instagram. He follows us on 
I think uh, he follows us on Twitter. On Tumblr and Twitter. Yeah. Um, so, come on, Peter Pan, get on us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I like, I like, I always like uh, or reading what Peter Payne writes because it's never an actual news article. It's always stuff that he experiences himself by from li- just living in Japan. Right. Uh, so it's his own personal experiences and what it looks like to him from the outside. Yeah. So uh, I wanted to focus on the one that he gave to us this week, which was titled Japanese Copyright and the End of Doujinshi. I heard about this one. Yeah. Yeah. I heard about this too. So it... The title of the article sounds a lot more, a lot scarier than it really is. Yes, it would be very scary if the end, if if it was truly the end of Dojinshi. But as we know, as artistic creators, that could never happen. Yeah, here is the history behind copyright in Japan. In 1975, it was just kind of like a thing to be able to take do, Dojinshi or create Dojinshi with ever whatever you wanted as a topic, and. You could take any copyright information and be able to use it to distribute at things like Comic Con. Recently, there there have been a lot of times where creators have been like, "Hey, could you not make Dojinshi about this certain topic?" Uh, more recently, in these days, it's been the creators of Pokemon and Nintendo has been like, "Hey, could you please not make Dojinshi about Pokemon?" <laughs> uh, they did it with Ellen Baker as well. And well. Re- <laughs> Yeah, and and recently Love Live too. The creators of Love Live told them to stop doing Doujinshi's of the characters of Muse and Aquas. Right, well, that th- was this that is, was this. Yeah, this is where this article sprung from. Was yeah. the Love Live one? Right, because that was the most recent case, and so I guess it's kind of becoming a recent thing. No longer. Well, allowing I, people to use their properties. Well, that's I don't know if that's the case. I think it says that they would they are currently asking people to no longer make Love Live Dojinshi and they are also trying to pull off the Love Live stuff <laughs> off the shelf, but I don't know if that's going to happen. But Oh no, where am I going to find pictures of Aquas in a lesbian Waka Waka? <laughs> <laughs> what, wait, you, uh lesbian Fozzie Bear? I was trying to think of a something different to say, and Waka Waka was the only thing that popped up. I, I don't even I don't even know where to go with that one. <laughs> waka Waka Waka. There's some really nasty ones out there for Love Live. Is it really? Yeah. Really? It's not, well, because it's not all like Yuri stuff. A lot of it's a lot of like rape manga. It was just like, wow, this is. Well, okay. I've heard people shitting on Nico, but this is just going too far. <laughs> Ew. That's a Love Live joke. <laughs> you only get that if, if you like Love Live. <laughs> well, I could understand that because there's the whole stigma with any, like, even, not even just in Japan, but in America as well, that they have, you know, oh, you want to be famous? Well, come to our casting couch thing. Yeah. You know, and. Yeah. The ever-infamous casting couch. That's yeah. disgusting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is pretty... Gross. But, yeah, I guess they want to avoid that sort of thing. But the thing with Ellen Baker was a little different. They said, hey, could you please not do this because, because elementary schools yeah. like, because are using this material. Will, yeah, children will find it. Yeah. Uh, children yeah. will find it. But that, whereas Love Live... Pokemon, the same way. Pokemon, the same thing. Love Live, not so much... Definitely, uh, it is. It could be for a younger audience, but more so well, high school age. And there are I have all the I have the Blu-rays that uh, NIS America sent me when I reviewed them, and it is for all ages. 
Right. I, and I would imagine that it, it would be, but it's a high school story, so I imagine that... I kind of imagine, though, it's aimed at younger girls the same way My Little Pony is. <laughs> well, you we're, we can see how that one's going, too. Exactly. Like, and it has kind of a similar effect. Clopping. Yeah. Can we can we not talk about that? There. Are, Let's talk I, about it I've for been... the rest of the show. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about it for the rest of the show. New Tapagachi. Clopping. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um... But here's the other thing, too. I don't know if it's the same in Japan. I really hope it is. Because usually, whenever in America there is a time where somebody says, Hey, could you please not do this? Like, does everybody remember uh, the Super Bowl a couple years ago when there were some very unflattering pictures of Beyonce taken during the halftime show? And... The end. and her people were like, hey, could you take down those really awful pictures of Beyonce? And then 4chan was like, nope! And we got some great memeage. Yeah, you, you can't stop 4chan. It's where memes are born. Yep, and it's where they also go to die. And, That's well, sure. and, if, you, and if you ask somebody to stop, then it only gets worse. Yep. The best way to kill a meme is by ignoring it. Mm-hmm. And you and as soon as like the people with the big money say, "Can you stop doing this?" It only makes it worse. You're only fueling that fire. Yeah, and but, we love the internet for it. But could you imagine that if a whole bunch of creators just said, "Could you stop?" You know, like doing this. I I imagine that in Japan it it works very much so in their favor because a creators can get famous and make their own properties off of doujinshi for one for making doujinshi for one thing. Right. And then B, it's free promotion for the other cre- or the original creators themselves. That is mm. true. That is true. I don't really know what kind of effects. I know that's that's a taboo here in America. Like nobody, the only the original creators ever want to touch their own properties. You know that's just how it goes. And but, most of those creative properties gather dust and are forgotten because they don't give other people the opportunity <laughs> to help promote them. Because there's no pornographic versions of them. <laughs> yeah pretty much okay yeah. <laughs> who's next <laughs> uh evan you go all right so let me see well i know last time i talked about how little Witch academia is finally coming to netflix on june 30th in america what also was just announced is there's going to be a ps4 game of little Witch academia what's up with that i you sent us the trailer but I didn't watch it. You didn't? It <laughs> no. looks it looks like um it looks like a mixture of third person as a third person action adventure game. Really? Yeah. Huh. And dude, like here, let me send did you look at the pictures or anything? Or it well, legit looks did, like the cartoon. Let me, I actually let me didn't open see it anything. Let me open it up. It actually looks pretty amazing. Bandai Namco is the one who's developing and publishing it. And it's called Little Witch Academia, The Magic of Time and the Seven Wonders. Hmm. And it's going to be an original story about Akko and the others learning the... Oh, no, I'm sorry, not learning. They're searching the Luna Nova Magical <sighs> Academy to uncover the seven wonders of the school. Oh, my gosh, it looks so good. It looks so cute. I know. I want this game now. That's really weird. Bandai Namco hasn't created a non-Muso game in so long. <laughs> That's Koei just... Tecmo. Yeah. It is? Yeah. Oh. Koei Tecmo is, ban- is uh, Muso. Bandai Namco are the ones who basically do like all the good anime games. They're the ones who do the Naruto ones, the Dragon Ball ones. Uh... There's actually... Uh, 
did you know that um, Team Ninja is coming out with a, li- my, a little witch? No, idea. with a with a Naruto game. So like the people who made Dead or Alive are now making a Naruto game. It's called Shinobi Striker. Ooh. It looks it looks it looks promising. Now I'm not gonna say it looks great because they don't have a lot of stuff on it yet, but its potential is massive. So it play it looks and like so it's are good. the breasts. No, <laughs> well I mean Team Ninja maybe, but uh, that's what I mean. If it plays like Storm does, like Ninja Storm does, but it's that what they're what they're aiming for is a massive open worlds. So they have a huge stage that you can run around, run on walls, and cert- basically in deathmatch style, but Naruto. Mm-hmm. And you can play it in teams. So it looks pretty cool, but well, they haven't displayed much. Uh, re- remember the last game that Team Ninja put out? Devil's Third? Well, no, that, that was, wasn't... That, that, that wasn't, wasn't Team Ninja. That was Valhalla, but it was, but it was fronted... By the guy who first founded Team Ninja and Dead Alive and Ninja Gaiden and everything, and you know I actually liked Devil's Third. I thought it was a pretty fun game. There, there. What you're thinking of is there's a different game that Team Ninja made where it was like a Grand Theft Auto style game where you could choose either a male or a female character, and it never came out. Nope, I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, well, I was thinking of Devil's Third. Well, there's a long lost game because I remember E3. They were like, "Hey, wait for Devil's Third. It's coming out in four years," and everybody was like, "Oh, thanks for showing us." I guess. <laughs> and then it came out, and Evan bought it. <laughs> yeah, I bought... And, and it's not it. that... It wasn't that bad of a game. You know, for... It was a Wii U exclusive title. It was a fun little third-person shooter. It had its graphical flaws, but all in all, it was very fun. Especially the online multiplayer parts. Anyways. Yes, anyways. Cool. What were we talking about? We were talking about... My we were little... talking about... Oh, yeah, Little Witch Academia, the video game that's coming out. Oh, well, I'm going to be talking about the anime and what we're watching. Yeah. I keep wanting to call it, like, My Little Hero Academia Pony or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> who's next? So who's next? <laughs> oh, I didn't know you were done. All right. Yeah. Let, let Evan save his good story for last. Okay, well, uh, I'm going to talk about Tekken <laughs> because I bought it, and so I, I'm one of those people... So te- everybody knows by now that Tekken is my favorite fighting game ever. I posted about it on the uh, Wicked Anime Facebook page when Did we, we ever do a Tekken it. Waifu Watch? Well, we kind of talked about Tekken in, like, our other fighting game waifu watches. Yeah. Yeah, but I we think can we brought it up during want. King of Fighters. We can if you want, because really? Tekken 7 brought in some really good new characters. That's uh, that's what I'm saying. I, I play as males in Tekken because I don't think I have any appealing females in, in Tekken, really. I mean, there are some good I agree. characters, I, 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 I but... Can... I can't even think of one female character from Tekken right off the top of my head. Asuka, Lily, Jin. Did you say Jin? Jin. I got Tekken on... I pre-ordered it, so I got it at delivered to my house on release day. Uh, installed it in my PS4. Played it for six hours until like two o'clock in the morning. And then the next day, I didn't have to go to work. And that was Saturday. So I played it some more. I probably put about ten hours into it over this over the course of this weekend. So by the time this podcast can, uh, is coming out, I put way more time into it, and I've already unlocked almost everything. I'm really I'm really working working towards getting everything by you know this weekend. But because uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't have su- a super lot amount of time to play it, and it's just awesome. It's so good. I, and playing online is really fun too. But it's really confusing 
Because you can do quick matches, and you can do session searches, and then you can do rank matches, and, but there's not a lot of people playing right now. Or it's either that, or it's really hard to connect, because I play f in practice mode for about five minutes until it connects me to somebody, and then it just says connection lost. Like, so nobody's connecting. So, so far, I've been Sounds able like to... Sounds like something with the servers. Yeah. Sounds like an ideal game for people who don't like multiplayer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, well, which is kind of a bogus because you it's a fighting game, so you play multiplayer. Yeah. But, uh, so I've fought three people, uh, and I was able to beat one of them. Uh, but that's all I was able to connect to, because every time I connect to somebody, it disconnects immediately. Uh, but it's really cool. And I, I, I've been doing really well. Uh, so, successful game. If you guys like Tekken, Tekken 7 is amazing. They put some really cool new features into it. Nothing that changes the game up, really, but they put in special moves. Yeah, the me the mechanics are the same, but there's a lot of style changes to it, which is really nice. Yeah, the best part is whenever two characters are about to deliver their final blow at the exact same time, and you have no idea who's going to win, it goes into, like, they super zoom in on the characters, and it goes into super slow motion, and, like, you're just like, ah, which move is going to hit? Yeah, which and one's going to hit first? And then somebody wins the match. It's really cool. Yeah, and, so uh, if someone's So if they're, like, both, like, in the red, and, like, will, like, die in the final punch, it does yeah. that? Yeah. Yes. You, and and so, and you hit the attack button at the exact same time. It goes into super slow mo, and it shows where the the hits are gonna connect. It's pretty cool. Uh, there was one fight when I was fighting Heihachi, and it went into the super slow mo and zoomed in, and he got his hit off first. So I was like, oh man, I'm gonna die. But then his kick just totally whiffed my character, and then and I kicked him like right in the face. It was great. They have another cool addition to it where Akuma's in it from Street Fighter. Yep. And he actually has an EX bar at the bottom of the screen. So he still plays like a Street Fighter character, but in Tekken. And the special DLC character that you get if you pre-order the game, she also has one. But she's not a, a Street Fighter character. She's just a, a new character. Do you, do you have her? Yeah. Huh. Who is it? It's Eliza. Oh yeah, she's like that devil girl. Yeah, um, and she's she's a bizarre character, but she has special moves like a Street Fighter character does. Interesting. Yeah. Have you played as Akuma? I have not to try him out. I really just don't like Akuma. Yeah, well, as, like as a character from Street Fighter, either. Like I don't I don't know why they chose him to put into the game. <laughs> I mean, he was clearly the test character that they made for, for... when uh, Tekken Cross Street Fighter, not Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Tekken Cross Street Fighter, because they were supposed to make Street Fighter Cross Tekken, which was the Street Fighter version of the game, and then Tekken Cross Street Fighter. And that only did okay. Yeah, uh, Street yeah Street Fighter Cross Tekken did not do great, so the funding for Tekken Cross Street Fighter probably will never come out, but uh, Akuma was probably their test character that got left over, so they're like, ah, well, we have him, let's put him in Tekken 7. Yeah. Um, Either that or he's a teaser to mm -hmm. what's to come. Yeah, uh, which it seems like it's going to yeah, work. Yeah, that could be it. Either way, uh, I think Tekken 7 is really... I think Tekken 6, uh, as far as a main story game for Tekken, is still my favorite one. Uh, and Tekken Tekken Tag 2 was amazing. I was about um, to say that. Tekken Tag 2 was the best out of all of them so far. Yeah, but uh, the uh, what's really disappointing about Tekken 7 so far is the story mode. 
So in the past couple Tekken games, they've had a really fun story mode where you got to choose the character that you wanted to play and kind of run around in like a beat-em-up style game. Yeah. And you got to unlock special items and clothing to customize your character. And they still have all the character customization, but it's really dumbed down from Tekken Tag, especially from Tekken Tag Tournament. Because I, I totally overhauled all my characters in Tekken Tag 2, and they look amazing. Now, you can still customize your character pretty well in, te- in Tekken 7, but it's not to the same degree. Uh, you, you can't do every single little piece of clothing. You only get, like, upper body, lower body, and then head. And, and the story mode doesn't unlock the items for you like it did in Tekken 6, which made that really fun. But it's still really good. And the story mode is like, eh, because they're actually doing the story this time. Yeah, from Tekken 1 to all the way to the end. Yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of doing flashbacks to be like, hey, do you remember when this happened in Tekken 1? And then, hey, do you remember when this happened in Tekken 4? It's what they did for Mortal Kombat. The Mortal, when Mortal Kombat 9 came out and they did the entire story, which was awesome. Yeah. Mortal Kombat right. 9's story mode was the best fighting game story mode I've ever played. But some chapter... I'm already 41... I only played it for like two hours and I'm already 41% done with the story mode. Yeah. Um, wow, well, that's, that's kind of short. It's because story mode's not what fighting games are yeah, about. Yeah, uh, and every once in a while, the uh, an entire chapter of the story mode will it, just be story. It it's won't, just a cutscene. Yeah, it won't have you fight anybody. Yeah, but the transitions are cool. Yeah, it is. It is really cool, and uh, it's cool when you do get to fight somebody because the game will start playing, and your character will already have a hit taken out of. Yeah, them. right. Of the story mode, the <laughs> you, the person that you're going to fight will punch you. And then you'll go into the real fight, so you already have some health missing. Yeah, you can't get it perfect. Like, it's impossible to get it perfect in story mode, which you know, <laughs> is weird. But it's pretty cool, it, and it's very stylish, and it's very well done with the Unity. Uh, not the Unity, yeah. the Unreal, Unreal Engine. 4. Unreal. Yeah. yeah, the Unreal Engine that they use for this one, it really shows. Yeah, they, they overhauled the graphics yeah, for big Tekken. Time. It's really good. It's really I mean, great. Tekken has always had good graphics. Really good. Yeah, I but love the style. This one looks good. Yeah, so... As some people may know, we've been kind of following the production of this film that Studio 4 Degrees Celsius, who people will know, did the Berserk, the Golden Age arc films, and Ankama Animation, who did the Wakfu animated series, have been collaborating on. And this film is called Muttafuckas, and it's based on a comic by Run, and they finally finished production on it. They're having the world premiere of it at the Anarchy Animation Film Festival in France. And they've released one minute of footage, which has the characters of Vins and Angelo uh, driving an ice cream truck while Vins is, like, shooting two Uzis at these, like, crime bosses in the back. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's really funny, all the character that you get out of all of them within that one-minute clip, too. Yeah. You know, there's just so much of the world that you understand it also don't understand but you like it you know right from that one clip like the cop eating the hot dog uh, it it, (laughs) like i've never seen uh, such a well animated hot dog eating sequence you know what i mean like (laughs) it's weird to say but you know there's so much character in a cop eating a hot dog and then sees uh, a little skull kid shooting a gun out of an ice cream truck as it zips by <laughs> it's just really cool and kind of quirky and i'm I, looking forward to seeing what the whole thing is i, I know me too speaking in french yeah well it is well you know well 
it's originally a French comic, so they did it in yes. French. I think they're doing a dub in Japanese too. Um, no idea if they're gonna do it in English. We're gonna have. To, I don't because he doesn't even know if it's gonna get a distributor in America either. Because I've actually gone back and forth with him a couple times in on his Facebook thread, uh, but he knows that Americans want to see this film, and yeah. hopefully, at, at Anarchy or Annecy, I forget how you pronounce it. Uh, hopefully they'll find a distributor from there because they don't even have one in France. Wow. Like, that that's we- which is weird. You know, it, it's kind of funny <laughs> taking a step back to when you said that it was, the original comic was written by Run. Uh, I, the first thing that popped into my head was Reverend Run from Run DMC. I was like, he writes comics? <laughs> it's like, but then no, it, but DMC speak. does. Yeah, oh, yeah. But, Daryl, so... Daryl makes comics. So I, I was wondering if, if, like, they both did, and then they would be Run DMC again, but they would be, like, Run DMC Comics. <laughs> That's what the C stands for. Yeah. Uh, but, no, um, his full name is Guillermo Renard, but they call him Run. That's that's his, just his nickname. But I, I've actually have the first volume of the original Motherfuckers comic, and I'm still waiting for Titan Comics to release the other five volumes. They're being really, really slow about it, and I'm <laughs> hoping that maybe the release of this movie... Will push them to put the rest of the series out there because right. the first volume is amazing, not just from a story perspective, but from an art perspective. There is just so many different styles of art that it, that you'll find in one panel on a page. It's very impressive. So, uh, if, if that's the case, then do you want to give us a little hint, uh, non-spoiler taste of the story, so that people know exactly what they're getting out of it? All right, so. The, so the main guy is Angelino, or it's is it Angelino? I think yes, it's Angelino. And while on a delivery, he gets run over by a truck. And when he comes to, he starts seeing things that he shouldn't be seeing. He starts seeing like regular human beings winding up being like alien creatures of sorts. And at first, his psychiatrist says, "Oh, it's just here in your head. It's, just take this medication; you'll be fine." But it turns out the psychiatrist is in on it, too. It's part of this whole big government conspiracy sort of thing. The government is trying to kill Angelino and his friend Vins before they leak it out to the entire population. So it kind of has this sort of... um, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie They Live with Roddy Roddy Piper, where yeah, he yeah, has yeah, those special yeah. sunglasses and you can see like like the creatures that way. Yeah, I'm going to shoot bubblegum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubblegum. Yeah. Exactly, yes. So it's kind of like They Live, but as an anime of sorts. Is it is it with the same political overtone or undertone, <laughs> but or is it no political? No, I, I, from what I've read so far, no. But it does pay homage to professional wrestling in regards to some of its storytelling aspects. Huh, that's really cool. <laughs> do yeah. they, as in like, they, there's parts where the characters just have microphones and they're just screaming nonsense into into, into without, it until somebody comes out on stage? No, Vince Without is, the is microphones. Without the, uh, without the microphones. Like, like this, like the philosophical parts of the comic feel more like pro wrestling rants. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, it's really good. And so for our listeners, if you can find it online. Get the first volume of Motherfuckers to see what I'm talking about. It is a great comic book. 
and it's getting me really excited to see what they're going to be able to pull off from this film. Apparently, the yeah. movie is going to be like 90 minutes long, so I'm curious to see what gets in there and what they might take out. But then again, I don't know what else is going to happen in here because, like I said, they've only released the first volume of the comic here in America. I'm still waiting for volume two through six. That's a lot to wait for. Oh, yeah, totally. Dude, it's a pain in the neck waiting for a lot of these volume things. Like with high, like for example, with High Tina Combat Butler, Viz Media only releases two volumes of that comic a year, and <laughs> it, it just concluded with fifty-two volumes, and they just released volume thirty. So I'm going to be probably in my late forties by the time they finish releasing this <laughs> comic. What a shame! All right, what's your last story, Evan? It's okay, a it's a doozy. Yes. So, I found this in my Japan, because I subscribe to the Japan Times online, as all you listeners should, because there's some great news stories. It gets you to understand what's been going on in the world over there, what be it in region-wise, politics, environmental stuff. But I came across a story that I felt would be perfect for <laughs> Wicked Anime, and it's this. A Tokyo bathhouse is offering classes on topics ranging from comedy to gaming in the hopes of luring younger patrons and reviving the dying tradition of communal baths. During one okay. recent session of the Naked School, as it's called, at the Hinodeo bathhouse, nine men sat around the bath listening to an expert on the ancient board game Go. <laughs> <laughs> so, here we are again at the same topic that, oh, hey, no females are showing up. <laughs> uh well would there be a men's class and a female's class i would i would assume so because i see in the picture here it looks like there's only guys in the men's class so if they had a female class it would probably be all women being taught by a woman right yeah um <laughs> i i imagine there wouldn't be any co-ed classes in the in the bath but you do all I mean, it, it makes sense to... And hold, there's your problem. It, it would make <laughs> sense to hold classes in the bathroom or in, in a public bath because everybody does their best thinking in the shower. Yeah, right. So yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so it's just like you're always in the shower while you're learning. Mm-hmm. People would do so well on their, on their exams if they just had them in the shower. Yeah. Yeah, but then the ink runs and you're not going to be able to pass that in. Right, and tablets don't work very well, and laptops, they don't work very well in the in the showers either. That is true, that is true. But this is happening at this bathhouse at Hindu, Hindu Deyu, and apparently it costs uh, 460 yen, which is about $4, to attend any of these, cla uh, any of these classes that are held each month. Because in, a in April, they learned about traditional comedy, and in the previous month, they, of course, learned about the public bath industry. <laughs> and they're saying in June, bathers will learn how to deal with the local problem of stray cats. <laughs> oh. That was so, kind uh, of like a strange news, I guess. It <laughs> is a strange news. And it makes me... <laughs> I kind of made the joke to the guys. I was like, so when they have the weird stressful dreams, is it them taking a test and them being fully clothed? <laughs> Brilliant. I applaud that one. Um, it's, it's funny too, cause it came from the Japan times. So it's just like, wow, the Japan times gave us a strange news. We didn't even have to go to rocket news to get a strange news article. <laughs> well, it is kind of interesting to think that they're promoting this sort of thing. Cause maybe the, it's a Japan, good idea. Somebody at the Japan yeah. times themselves, also believe that classic open bath houses should not go away. 
I don't think they should. Well, no, they shouldn't. They're awesome. I've been to a couple in Japan. Yeah. They're amazing. I They're highly recommended. I don't see why they should close down. Well, people are just really bashful about that sort of thing. I mean, definitely Bo. not. But <laughs> foreigners are. Yeah, well, I, unless you've been to a YMCA in America at any time, the, well, old, the, older, the older you yeah. are, the more naked you are. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let's move on to what we're watching. Yes, please, because now you're giving me the old images of when I used to go to the YMCA and having to see that sort of crap. Um, so, Gerardo, Wicked Fan Gerardo will be very happy because he's been begging us to be talking about this for quite a while. Cause he wants to, and uh, I, I finally got around to watching my, uh, yeah, my Little Witch Academia, my Little Pony Friendship is Magic. <laughs> uh, little, little Witch Academia. By the time this recording comes out, I'll probably probably be caught up with it because I've been watching about four episodes a day uh, while I'm while I'm catching up. Jeez! And wow. it's actually yeah. What episode am I on? Fifteen uh, out of twenty one that are currently out right now. So by the time this episode comes out, episode twenty four will be out. It's so good, guys! <laughs> it is so good as expected, and I can't believe how good it is. Except I can because it's Studio Trigger. It's so, Dude, they really know how to make things cute, mm -hmm. which is great. Uh, everything is so stylized. It doesn't look like normal anime uh, in their very trigger fashion. It's so good. Uh, Let me ask you this question for those who are curious. Does it cross over with either one of the two movies? So it's kind of in the same universe, but a different take on it. The movies kind of summed up the, the story as a whole. Uh, and if you saw the first movie, you know that Professor Ursula is a shining chariot. Yep. Yep. And they, they Spoiler. don't, they don't hide that in this one. They make it very obvious. That From the she, very beginning. Yeah. That she's shining, uh, shining chariot. Well, you see that sort of plot point works very well for the movie, but for a series, yeah, it could work, but. Technically, everybody should have already seen the movie, so it shouldn't be a surprise. Um, right, because that would drag if they tried to put it in the TV show. Yeah. yeah, and you know what? That's actually kind of an interesting thing that they did, because they're not treating their audience. It's like, no, we already have a property where we explain this. I gotta be honest, I don't know what ever, all the fans' obsession with Susie is. You know, like the, cra the crazy witch girl who likes mushrooms? Yeah. Um, I think she's funny. She, she's funny but there's fan art of her like crazy just like fan art on top of fan art on top of fan art and i'm like is it like gross fan art no or it... it's it's not it's just susie fan art but i don't understand why she's so popular uh, i mean i guess she's funny but she's not the best character on the show uh maybe it's because more character more people can relate to her mentality of sorts maybe but she's just a little crazy um yeah well, Welcome to the anime fandom. But, but, but I mean, don't get me wrong. She's very funny. Susie is very, very funny. And, like, her, her sarcasm and almost her inevitability of wanting to kill Akko is really funny. But I think Akko is a... Akko is a really interesting character as, as far as main character goes. Because she's pretty dumb. But she gets everything done and she's very determined and very passionate about what she wants to do you know so she's Elle woods from legally blonde yeah kinda yeah, that's, a, that's not too bad yeah, that's as, as far as the comparison goes uh 
I'm but, destroying the Tumblr game right now. Yeah. There's <laughs> But Akko is absolutely hilarious as a character. I think she's so funny. Um, another thing that's different between the movie universe and the TV series universe is uh, Diana. You know, the the rich girl. Like, the spoiled rich girl who's the best. Yep. Yep. Uh, in the movie, she kind of has, like, this uppity attitude. Like, oh, Akko, you're just a dunce. Like, I hate you kind of thing and she's a spoiled brat and she like thinks she's the best at everything in the tv series she really is the best at everything uh she's recognized by the school and she walks around with an attitude of oh i can do that and she actually can uh and she is very aristocratic and very uppity but she's not a bitch like she is in the movie you know what i mean yeah, so, like, she can be friendly? She can be, but she's not. Uh, and there's actually, like, a point... It's There's a really, really interesting uh, turn of events in the show. Uh, there's a there's a midpoint finale uh, at episode 13, where it's kind of like, okay, the series could stop here if we wanted to make, but, we're gonna, but they keep going into episode 20 and, pl- and more, right? Yeah. So, between episode 13 and 14... Diana's attitude as a character changes the most I've ever seen, almost ever seen a character's attitude change. Uh, They start doing more funny facial expressions with her. Her character becomes more expressive. And it's really interesting to see them do that with her because at the very beginning of the series, she wasn't like that. So to see her have all these different attitudes now and all these different expressions and all these different vocal changes is really cool. Uh, I love it. And, and of course, you know, Trigger is a master at doing amazing facial expressions. Uh, so all of Akko's reactions to everything are very cute, uh, and but also very funny. All, all the teachers that they've added to the series as well are just phenomenal. Now, and remember when uh, Amanda and her crew showed up in the second movie yeah. uh, to help yeah. them with the parade? They're still in the series in kind of the same sense where they're the delinquent crew. Yeah. But she shows up as like a rival to Akko. And then through their rivalry, they just become friends. Which is really neat. Uh, They just start hanging out with each other. And then Amanda just starts like cheering Akko on on stuff. It's really cool. It's a very natural progression of them becoming friends. And I really like it. So for those who... Need to know, Little Witch Academia comes out on Netflix on June 30th, or at least the first Half 13 episodes. Yeah, the first 13 episodes. First the first 13, 13 episodes, episodes are amazing, uh, and I highly recommend watching all of it. How uh, would you rate it so far compared to all the other stuff that Studio Trigger has done? Oh, good um, question. Well, seeing that Little... <laughs> compared they- to Inferno Cop, how is <laughs> yeah. Little Witch Academia series? Well, <laughs> everything com- compared to Inferno Cop is a zero. Yeah, so, right. It's <laughs> uh, a zero star because Inferno Cop is the best thing ever. It is a 20 out of 10. But, uh, <laughs> but Little Witch Academia has been my favorite thing that Trigger has done since Trigger started. Me too. And the series is no different. It's just more of it. So I think that... It's the it's the top it's the best you can get out of Studio Trigger. Here's a question for you about it too. Uh, the movies, because they were only an hour and a half long, have shown some great prowess in the animation and everything like that. Does yeah. that hold strong in the series? Yeah, it's it's very Trigger. I'd compare it more to something like Kisniver, uh, as far as its animation goes, because it's just the normal show stuff. Yeah, and that's 
Uh, it's not always as crazy as Kill a Kill was with all the close-ups and not really knowing what is around them. Yeah. Uh, but there's still mm-hmm. a lot of really good action and really well-animated sharp motions that Trigger is very well-known for. Right. Uh, so yeah, Little Witch Academia. As far as I say, that tr- uh, of what Trigger has released is still the best of what they've ever released. And I also finished Hyper Police finally. <laughs> so Catgirls for the win. <laughs> Did it get any better? <laughs> um, the ending was kind of one of those anime endings where it's just like, oh, we solved the main problem in the final two episodes. Yeah. Uh, and. And they really only brought up the final conflict in the last two episodes, and it only took place over the last two episodes. And there was no revolu- uh, re- resolution to any of the character story arcs. Uh, it just kind of ended and suggested, like, oh, and our lives go on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was it was good. For an old 80s series that had the most classic version of Catgirls, <laughs> minus Aisha Clan Clan. I, I still think Aisha Clan Clan is, like, one of the most classic and best kinds of cat girls there is. But uh, as far as something like Hyper Police goes, where uh, beast characters and animal characters uh, are present, uh, it's it was really good. I, I really enjoyed it. Especially the latter half of the series. I, I, I thought as, as, the, as the story went on later, I thought it got better. So, as you may know, and I, we did bring this up in the last week's episode, or the previous episode, rather, how Crunchyroll has been adding a lot of the Funimation stuff on there. Yep. So, as promised, as soon as I was finishing watching Humanity is Declined, I started to watch High School DxD. Oh, you did? Yes, I started watching High School DxD. And it's actually really funny. It's a re- <laughs> uh, it, is, it is perverted by, in every possible way. And it's uncensored on Crunchyroll, too, so no stupid magical rays of light or... Or hair. Yeah, (laughs) or weird stuff there, so it's completely uncensored. But it's very funny. It doesn't hide the fact at all that it's supposed to be a perverted comedy show with some good action sequences and maybe just a sprinkle of drama here and there. Okay, so I, too, watched the first episode. I watched the first episode. And I found myself fast-forwarding through some bars. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> yeah, like the part in, in the first episode where he's like, oh, I'm on a date with this girl and all that stuff. I skipped through all that. Like, I skipped through their enti- the entirety of their date. Because I, I was like, I get it. And then <laughs> I skipped through the part, well, the part after that, too. Um, which I won't spoil it for anybody who wants to watch. It's not bad by any means. Uh, it is trash. But trash. like, but Evan, like Evan said, they absolutely know it's trash. Like, no, we only have one trash show here on Wicked Anime, and that's Senran Kagura, <laughs> <laughs> which, yeah. by the way, was just added to Crunchyroll too. Yes, and I added it to my list. I, I am not in any way comparing the quality of Senran Kagura to the High School D Cross D. Uh, they're they're on two different levels of perversion, and I think that High School D, High School D Cross D is on the weaker side of it, but. Really? Yeah, but because some of the animation in it is really bad. Yeah. Like, I High School D-Cross-D, when I first saw it, I thought the animation quality was better, but upon reviewing it, it's not that great. 
The the uh, character design. Keep in mind, this is a show that was in 2012. That I know for a fact, or from what I read, that the animation gets a lot better in the second and third seasons, and possibly with the fourth season coming up later this year, it's going to be better than the first season. Probably because because they found they discovered its popularity. Yeah, it's because they were making a filth show, and they were like, "Oh, we we don't have to put animation in this. If there's boobs in it, people are going to watch." And then it was really popular. Yeah, and then it got really good, and it got really or not really good, but it got really popular and then they were like well i guess we have money now to make this uh, into a good budget my question about it is because this is it's labeled as you know it's a phil show but it ha- it's a harem series yes how, how is the harem aspect of it so far i like the harem aspect of it i mean Do- it's i mean the character it's himself uh isei is just a straight-up pervert so he's happy just to see whoever you know, with boobs and all that but, stuff. He's not like a he's not like a Tenchi character or a Keitaro yeah. character who has a shy coyness of it. No, he's he's all about the tatas. But now, <laughs> but but is it uh, is it a harem in aspect of just like oh he's surrounded by girls or is it a yes. harem in the aspect of the girls actually legitimately like him and they're pursuing him? Um, I would say um, most of the first one where he's surrounded by girls, but it is hinted very much so that the main girl, the red-haired girl, Riaz, and the former fallen angel, Asya, have a thing for him. So there's at least two girls that are fighting for him. And <laughs> it I does only be take surprised. two to make a harm. So. Right. So, um, odds are it's going to probably expand more as a series. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It progresses. As of this recording, I'm about six episodes in. My favorite episode so far is the familiar episode, where, as people know, like, whether you're a witch or, in this case, where you're a demon, you get an animal familiar of sorts. Mm-hmm. So, so Issei and Asia have finally reached a point where they can get their own familiars. And they're out searching through the woods and everything, and all of a sudden... Uh, of course, a slime monster appears and attacks the girls, and you can guess what happens with the slime monster does. I'm sure it eats does their it clothes. Does it melt clothes? Yes, but it only, clothes. But only their clothes. Yes, only their clothes. <laughs> to which Issei is like, that's my familiar. Do not <laughs> hurt it. <laughs> this was destiny. But of course, the girls completely murder the slime monster, and Issei is just crying in a corner. Mourning his beloved, what would have been familiar. <laughs> huh. 
Well, <laughs> it's in my queue, so it's maybe in I'll get queue. to it eventually. It's definitely a show that go in with low expectations and you'll have fun. It's a, let me it's let me put it to you this way. Like the problem I had with the Testament of the Sister New Devil was like that show just took itself way too seriously and it was completely filth. This show doesn't take itself seriously. And it's a little bit similar to the Testament of the Sister New Devil, but it has fun with it. Unlike right. what Sister New Devil does. Let's play the Tumblr game with High School D's Krusty. Oh, you lose. Oh, you won. <laughs> Zero points. <laughs> Jonathan, are you watching anything? Um, not really. I well, I mean, yes, I'm watching plenty, but I haven't watched anything new. I've been putting. I mean, I watched High School D Krusty, so, but I was putting a little bit more focus on to Aromanga Sensei because I was a little bit behind on that one. Aromanga Sensei is really good now. It is. Yeah, I it, actually rather like it a lot. I really enjoy it. I think it's cute. Yep. And then I have Even also... Even if it does have creepy sister stuff in it, I, th- I still think it's cute. It's real creepy at times. It's, uh, it is, but I feel like this is actually hinting that it might not actually go that route. Right, yeah. It's got a good sound And they're effect. not they're not siblings, technically, so... Uh. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. My Hero Academia has been pure fire lately with the the tournament tournament arc. And Dude, ev- the most recent episode where, where Deku and um, yep, that ep- yes, Todoroki. that yep. episode put itself on legendary status. This show yep. is one of the best things ever made in anime. Although I really liked the last episode where Bakugo and Urara and yeah Urara uh, Uraraka she's so cute yeah. yeah like it was just magical like just pure animation mastery uh, I'm trying to catch up back with Sakura Quest because I'm way behind on that I'm only on like episode four it's okay it's it's good it's, it's a, a good show but it's not great. I mean, it has its enjoyable moments. It's no yeah. Shirobako. Yeah, that's but for it's, sure. But it still has its moments of fun. Yep. And uh, catching back up with Boruto. Boruto is great still. Oh my gosh. Yes. Guys, I'm enjoying it immensely. Awesome. I, I, I still stick with what I wrote in the article that Boruto is my pick for the season. It's yeah. just so good. It is. It's really good. Like the issues that I've had that I had with Naruto and Naruto Shippuden are so far like completely non-existent in Boruto. So I, far, I do like reading the comments though below the Crunchyroll video because it's a bunch of Narutards being like, <laughs> "Why isn't he Rasenganing yet?" It's just, and the people are like, uh, "Can we let the story start first? No, action right now!" Yeah, and see, and for me personally, like I love Naruto. Uh, but I loved Naruto for the story. Yeah. But a lot of people love Naruto for the fights and the action and the superpowers that they use. It's for the same reason that you would always say that Sakura is the best character in yeah, Naruto. And, and, and everybody's and, like, what are you, crazy? Yeah, she can't Rasengan at all. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so you read the comments and it's all these ridiculous people just being like, why aren't, why isn't Sasuke in this? You know, why aren't there Chidori's? Why aren't they Rasengan again? Yeah. You know, more Rasengan's. <laughs> and, and it's just ridiculous. Cause it really does show the true colors of the Naruto fandom. Cause like it's sh- Boruto should be get- getting a better rating, but because it's not very actiony yet, like it's getting lower ratings. Cause they're trying to develop an actual story for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, By the way, the, uh, my favorite episode has to be the recent one where he fights against the movie actor. Oh, yeah. That was your favorite? I, I, uh, I had other favorites, but that was a good episode. <laughs> He's got a hot aunt. I'm not fat. I, I'll, I'll go back to training when we're about to start well, filming. Well, ha- Hanabi has always been a really cute character. Yeah, Hanabi. <laughs> she, she, she's just older now. Um, she's, she's more our age now. Cause she, cause, cause see the thing is, is, is Hanabi was like our age when Naruto was coming out. Well, actually, no, that was more Hinata. So mm. technically Hanabi would be younger than us, but if they're, if they're following the age, but from the last episode alone, just think of how many doujins are going to come out. Yeah. How yeah. many Shota doujins? I, I almost feel like they did that on per- like the, in the last episode, they did that whole relationship between Hanabi and Boruto on purpose so that there would be doujinshi about it. Yeah. It's it's going to be there. They laid it on really thick. They did. But it's by the way, yeah, gross. I, they're technically... <laughs> they are. No. No, they're hey, not technically. They are. It's yeah. fine. Everything is fine. Yeah. Evan, <laughs> relax. Let it happen. Let it happen. It's fine. Uh, otherwise, I got to get back onto the Rolling Girls and Death Parade because... Those oh, that's right. I didn't have Rolling Girls. Yeah, I got to I gotta watch the Rolling Girls, and I'll probably start that whole series over again. I do have Death Parade, though. I, I, watched, I watched the first two episodes of Death Parade, and it was good. I like it. I think it's fun. Yeah, it's a really good. Show. I still don't think it should have won best opening theme song that year for the for the wikis. But. Come on, dude! Yeah. Everybody, no. put your no. hands up! No, no. <laughs> what did it go against? What, what did we fight? What did we fight against? I think it was One Punch Man. Yeah, it was the One Punch Man. Theme. It was One Punch Man's theme song versus uh, oh, yeah. Death Parade's theme song. What yeah, and I don't, I don't, it was, it's, I mean, it's not a bad theme song, it was just not the best theme song. I think that if we're talking theme songs this year, though, it's, it's, Eromanga Sensei has a really good fight well, but, in this oh, yeah. see, the th- Eromanga Sensei, because it has, like, an all-ska ensemble for both the opening and the closing, and the yep. animation along with it is really cute, but it's gonna be really hard to beat, uh, Dragon Maid. Dragon Maid. Dragon yeah. Maid. Yeah. In, in all aspects, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. So. I would say Dragon Maid and even season two of Konosuba with tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, nah. The opening theme song of Konosuba was great, but because of the animation. Yeah, because, because of the, the animation. Yeah, the, the song was wasn't that great, but um, I, I do like the animation for it. Mm. I did watch it every time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because it prepares you the for way, the hilarity that's about to happen. Yeah. By the way, I want to make a quick shout out to. Uh, David from Friday Night Fan Fiction, he organized this new thing. If you are a Patreon subscriber, uh, you can get access to the Nerdy Show Lounge for paying in our $10 tier, which you can connect with all the hosts and everything. We share news stories and everything like that. But David organized a uh, Discord chat where a whole bunch of Nerdy Show fans can get together and Nerdy Show hosts and... They had their first AMV Palooza. Really? Where they took all these collections of AMVs and like everybody who came to the the Palooza picked three AMVs, why they picked it, why it's great, and what was great about it, and then they just watched it all together as a group. Interesting. I wanted to go. Yeah, that's actually really cool. We had a graduation to go to. Yeah. So, uh... I want to go to the next one because I got some great suggestions, including showing my first AMV ever, which was my Fooly Cooly to the Aquabats Demolition Rickshaw, which I could probably do a hundred times better now, but even still I'll show it anyways because it'd be like, hey, this is fun. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Tempsu, to close out the night, 
his last pick for everything was the best in show thing from Anime Boston. And the reason why he showed it was because it was the best in show for Anime Boston. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was so fun that we got to hang out with Tim, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, shout out for that. $10 on Nerdy Show Patreon, and you can have access to fun things like that, too. By the uh, way, Temsu, thank you for the kind e- message that you sent me, too, about No Borders, No Race. He thought the last couple episodes were great. Yeah, great. Cool. Awesome. Mm-hmm. We've been on fire, guys. High fives. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we're in completely different rooms. <laughs> <laughs> completely different cities altogether, just so you know. Not completely different states, though. Not Yeah. <laughs> States of mind, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe during the summertime we can find a way to change that. <laughs> Just imagine how big our world is. Oh my gosh, that is a perfect transition, Jonathan, into our Tapagachi. <laughs> how big is Massachusetts? How big is the story that Wicked Anime is living in? Kind of big. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's about the size of New England. Um, nah, it only expands to Boston, really. Like, from... <laughs> From Lynn to Braintree is Wicked Anime's territory, because Boston's, like, right in the middle. Boston. Departed, 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 departed. (laughs) Our favorite anime... So, okay, so what Eric wanted us to talk about was our favorite animes... Not necessarily, just just anime in general. Yeah, talk about an anime that... And you talk about the size of the world that the story takes place in, and how much of the world that the story encompasses, and how that changes the story. How it affects it. Yeah, because it's interesting depending on the setting that you have. Because if you look at shows like Cowboy Bebop and Outlaw Star and those space shows like that, where you can literally go anywhere you want in the entire universe, it gives you this feeling of freedom to do whatever you want. You're not bound by the constraints of shows that are just set on Earth, for one thing, but in small towns. Like, for my show example, my favorite show ever, Fully Cooly, takes place in this small little confined space that, you know, never reaches the outside world. But because it's so small, let's think about how big that world actually is. So this story takes place in this little tiny place where Medical Mechanica is taking place. But let's think about Medical Mechanica in other places of the world, too. The town Are, is known as Mabase, too, by the way. Right. Think about Mabase in Fooly Cooly, and think about how Medical Mechanica is affecting the rest of the world as, uh, as well, because they want to iron out the wrinkles on the entire world. So what's happening in all those other towns in the universe of Fooly Cooly that we never get to see? We only see the town of Mabase. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Think about that. I kind of had a similar thing, almost the exact sim- same thing going on with Elf and Lead, mm-hmm. where Elf and Lead takes place in that town. Yep. And, you know, the military goes to the town, and, and all the Decolonius go to that town, and uh, there's that little beach area that they always go to. They always go to the same exact beach, and they always go to the same exact shrines. And that's just where the story takes place. And then there's a separate place which is the facility which is an island off of wherever that town is uh they all end up going there uh but however the diclonious quote-unquote disease infection that's infecting the children is a worldwide phenomenon you know there's there's diclonious all over the world right but it's only being contained the story is only taking place in this contained one little place yeah 
and I think it works really, really well for something that's supposed to be a horror story. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's not really a horror story, but it is labeled as horror. Um, some horrific things happen in it. Yeah. Uh, except and... for puppies. The puppies are nice. <laughs> um, in Elfin Lead. And, and it, it, it's funny because it doesn't change much in the manga. The manga even takes place only in that one small town. Right. And then moves to the island. Yeah. The way that it affects the story as a whole is it makes it feel small uh, and and makes it feel like it's more personal. Because uh, it it's a personal story. It's about these characters and what they think about this situation and how they deal with this situation. It doesn't have to do with the entire world uh, and how the entire world is dealing with this one situation. Yeah. So... I could only imagine how America dealt with their Diclonia situation in Elfin Lead. They in built the a Lead. wall around the Diclonia. <laughs> um, and it was made but, out of Titans. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I talked about this once before on the show, that when I was in high school, I, was, I really wanted to write an Elfin Lead fan fiction about the Diclonius outbreak in America yeah, and how they had their own facilities and how they had their own containment of the Diclonius mm-hmm. and stuff. I never did it. <laughs> but then he went is, through puberty. Yeah, and which, then... <laughs> is, which is fine. No, I was already through puberty by the time we liked anime in, in the first place. Oh. Um, so then you you were like, oh, wait, this is not right. Yeah, I just, I just drew some art on it and I was just like, eh. Like, I don't want to put my time into this. This is too hard. Um, <laughs> but it was an idea I had, and it was that idea of expanding the universe of what does this look like outside of this one little story that they created for Elfin Lead. Mm-hmm. Um, well, since you chose Fully Cooley, I, I guess I can't choose that one. Um, uh, where you gonna? <laughs> I guess I'll choose, since I brought it up a little bit when we were talking about theme songs and such, let's talk about the world of Konosuba, God's blessing on this wonderful world. Because yep. initially, you first start out in the real world, and then the stereotypical thing happens where he dies, and he gets sent to another world with the goddess and such. So the majority of Konosuba takes place in the little small town of Axel. But there are so many other vicinities in this whole entire kingdom, this entire world. It's basically, imagine a world-sized version of like World of Warcraft or Dungeons & Dragons, and that, like, like an actual RPG game. So the focus on the main aspect of the town of Axel and just what's going on throughout the vicinity of it when they're going on quests and searching through dungeons. And there's actually quite a lot of land to go through in just that very small vicinity. You know, depending on, for the most part, or rather, where they're traveling for their quests. Because I assume, for the most part, it is in that Axel area, except when they go and travel to the place where... Um, Aqua's religion, which makes you wonder about all the other goddesses and the other religions that are happening and that are existing in this world, which doesn't have a name. I just realized that we just know that this is an alternate world, the town is Axel, and we don't even know what the name of the planet is that they're living on. Right. Um, well, it, it even goes farther beyond that, too. It's It's what are the other adventurers in this series doing? Because there's even plenty of other adventurers in Axel, and the only time we ever see them is when we're in the bar. Right. You know? So so what kind of misadventures are they going Well, through? here's the thing, because I've been reading the light novels, which everybody should be reading the light novels too, and there are stories that are left out that haven't been animated by Studio Dean, one of which in Volume 2 
has one where Kazuma and another adventurer, uh, one that you actually meet in season one of the anime, switch parties and see who does a better job. Huh. And of course, Kazuma does a great job with with his temporary party, whereas the other guy who has Aqua, Darkness, and Megumin, they just fail miserably and horribly and wind up actually being the source of the main problem that happens to Kazuma and the other adventurers. <laughs> that sounds awesome. If you really think about it, because we've only seen in the anime three, two members, th- three if you even count Wiz, of the Devil King, and you've got to wonder how big that his kingdom is going to be, too. And my apologies to the listeners if it sounds like I'm rambling, but this was a topic that just came to us like an hour before we started recording. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it can't just, it's not just Konosuba that has these sort of aspects. Think of even like ReZero and Log Horizon and Outbreak Company and all these other shows that take place in parallel worlds. Right, and who's to say that the main characters that we're following are the only characters in this world who have been transported into this new realm. Right. So, like, if you think about a character like Kazuma or Subaru, and were other people transported into this new world, too, on the other side of the planet, and they're equally trying to figure out what the heck is going on, and they have their own stories happening at the same exact time. I mean, what are their adventures going to be like? And I know that the... That the author of the light novel, uh, Natsumi Akatsuki, has been doing like spin-off things, but they're more origin stories of one or two of the main characters, mainly Megumin and Darkness, I believe. But I reckon that those are also touching on the backstories or other adventurers that are going through this world, too. So, let's bring it to... The next biggest anime going on right now at the same time, which is My Hero Academia. Mm-hmm. And let's think about what kind of world we live in there. We have seen one city and we have seen one school, but 80% of the world's population has superpowers. And that brings up an entire different story, which, by the way, I believe it was our fan Allison or Jessica. Uh, brought up the spin-off series called uh, My Hero Academia Legals, which is a spin-off series about uh, people with quirks who don't go to UA but still fight crime anyways, and they are illegally unregistered superheroes fighting crime, but they're illegally fighting crime. Uh, and they're so vigilantes. They're kind of, so they're technically like Saitama and Genos when they first start out in One Punch Man. Kind of, yeah, except that they're uh, sought out to be arrested by other heroes. Oh. Which, like, it's against the law for them to be doing this. So, I don't know if that's actually a part of the story, but I imagine that that would be a part of it if they were do- if they were legitimately doing something illegal, which they are, using their quirks to fight crime unregistered. Mm. So, it's, uh, that's, so that's a really <laughs> It makes you wonder how much it costs to register to be a hero. Yeah, right? Well, uh, probably tuition, um, which is a lot. But that also leads to what other heroes are doing around the world. You know, if 80% of the world's population is superheroes, then what kind of superhero training do they have in America? Which I believe would look something like The Incredibles. Yeah. 
<laughs> and I actually got to watch that in my student's animation class the other day because we were moving into a 3D animation uh, unit and to transition between our claymation uh, and stop motion animation unit to 3D animation. We watched The Incredibles in class and that and I thought of that at the very moment that we were watching it. I was like. This is like My Hero Academia, but pro- it probably taking place in the fifties instead. Mm. So yeah, that was so I, I found that kind of like an interesting gap where superheroes also went under surveillance. So it was kind of like the other half of the world is the Incredibles, and the other half of the world is training superheroes to be their best. But there's also people who are illegally superheroes. Because I made the comment too, and I think either Alice or J- uh, Jessica did too. About just how this guy who created my Kira Academia, Kohei Horikoshi, and Hoi and and Kohei Horikoshi, has basically created his own Marvel universe in one single series. Yeah, right. You could legit take any of these characters, be it All Might, be it Deku, be it Urara, be or Ura, Uraraka, um, uh, Shoto, as we just recently saw, uh, Yagi, and even, like, Froggy, or, Fro- or Froppy, as you want to call her, or... <laughs> Any of these characters could have their own spin-off series. There's, like... Okay, I'm, I stopped counting because I realized it was futile. There's, there's almost a hundred characters... With either, like, quirks, or they don't have quirks, but have means of overcoming being quirkless. They all right. could have their own comic book series. They could all have, like, their own 12-episode animated series. Or be even paired up, too. Like, have, have two heroes pair up in one series. There's so much you could do with this series, our buddy uh, John Coughlin, or who you know, who works for like Phil's Recap and Review, yeah, he, he he was telling me how like when um, the creator of Naruto said he was finished with his stuff, he said that My Hero Academia was the one that's going to take its place. I personally believe that My Hero Academia is potentially going to one up Naruto within the next year or so, and I feel like the most recent episode where it was. Deku versus Shoto is proof that it's going to like stick with people for a very, very long time. Right. To kind of sum it up, uh, what I would say as uh, overall for the universes is action shows thrive better in a bigger universe, uh, whereas horror shows survive or. Yeah, survive better in a smaller, yeah. more concise universe. It's true. If you think about horror as a genre itself, we have famous ones like Another, which only takes place in a school, and then we have uh, the small, secluded town of Higurashi when they cry. Yeah, probably the same thing with comedy as well. A comedy show is usually in a very small setting to make it more, more at least more slapstick comedy. Slapstick comedies usually take place in a smaller setting. Yeah, but even if you look at something like Real Life. Real life also took place in this tiny in, little setting. In that tiny little school. Yep. As a comedy. And then, well, four comas, which are mainly slice of life. Mm-hmm. You know, you never, you never really get past uh, 
one central location either because they usually take place in a school or a town or anything like that. And where are, you know, really, where are students going to go other than school and their town? Yeah. The beach! (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's an interesting take on it is is asking about the genre too. It's like, oh, if it's going to be this genre, if it's going to be a sci-fi, it's going to go a lot of places, you know? Like, you, you never usually... Get like if we even look at uh, American media like Star Trek. Star Trek thrived on oh, what rubber suit alien are we gonna see this week on <laughs> on the show that Kirk is gonna pretend to fight really slowly? Well, think you know, even like the Power that's... Rangers, the Sentai series, they do the exact same thing. Yeah, they do. They and well, actually, they which magic grow... monsters gonna grow this week? Yeah, but they grow on the same cardboard set. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's an interesting point, though, Evan. To think about. Not the Sentai show from from Japan, but the American show took place in Angel Grove High School. With some really old-looking high school students. <laughs> yeah, but uh, regardless... What are you talking about? I totally believe that Bulk and Skull were high school students. Yeah, teenagers <laughs> with attitude. The other one that I, that I thought that came to mind was uh, Glenn Logan, which <laughs> it... Like, it starts off in this really small universe. Actually, this this is an interesting topic about growing universes because uh, uh, Full Metal Alchemist does the same thing. Um, but Gurren Lagan starts off in a hole. It lit- Literally, it starts yes. off in a hole in the ground, and then it goes to the surface, and then it goes to a city, and then it goes to space, and then it goes to the universe. Yeah. And, and then it goes beyond existence. It, yeah, it goes beyond <laughs> existence, quite literally. And then that's and that and that's where it ends. So like it grows into this ever expanding universe as the story gets more and more crazy. In the same way, like I said before, Full Metal Alchemist does the same thing where you are in this academy and then they find the philosopher's stone and they have to go past the academy and then there's this bigger growing story and then they grow up and you know they have their hometown and then they have where they were sent after they left their hometown and like there's all these places that they adventure to it's i was even just thinking about big o and like big o just took place in that dome city and then you find out there's this vast Vast world outside of the Dome City. And then for some reason, there's this one episode where you look above the sky and you see lights like it's a studio or something like that. And I never understood right. why that happened. But and then they, you find they, out... And they did that one on purpose, too. Yeah. Like, so it felt like it was them breaking the fourth wall. Like, they knew they were just stuck in a TV show where everything was just going to loop after the series ended. Could you imagine if Jim Carrey called out Big O at the end of the Truman Show? It's just... <laughs> in case... In case I don't see ya, Big O, it's showtime! Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. That's what he said when he would punch down the other giant robot, or whatever he was <laughs> Good afternoon! <laughs> good evening! <laughs> and good night! Yeah, that would actually be a very funny thing to say. Konnichiwa! Kampanwa! Oyasumi! <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move on to some fan service because we have some fan service. Yeah, we have about. a few. Pretty much, I think our fan service from today. I mean, we have a. We it's have, pretty limited. Yeah, uh, we came from Tempsu over on our Facebook page, uh, and Tempsu joined in on our last conversation, uh, to which he contributed 
uh, his King of Fighters waifu watch. Oh, that's right. Uh, and he said King from King of Fighters. Yeah, I had totally forgotten about King. I didn't forget about King. I just... I meant to talk about her, but I, mm. I didn't. Uh, and I know our buddy... Remember I, I was talking about how our buddy Jared uh, said, like, really, like, mature as his character? Right. He also played as King a lot. I forgot about that. And uh, King is a pretty popular choice. Uh, yeah, she, well, she is. She's, like, one of the most played King of Fighter characters in the roster and just completely slipped my mind. Gotta love those double fireballs. Yep. He also wanted to add that he never thought of Soul Eater when, when thinking about how to cut the fat out of a series because he always wanted more of Soul Eater, which I did too. I always When it came to the anime series, I always wanted more, but I always wanted less of the talking about their superpowers because I really just kind of wanted to accept it. Yeah. You know, accept it and move on. I didn't need them to explain to me, you know, what all that stuff was about. Right. So that was, uh, that was what Temsu had over on Facebook. And then literally as we're recording this episode, Gerardo sends me a message. Uh, and Gerardo says, uh, or asked me if we have seen this. And apparently the creator and artist of Fairly Odd Parents, Butch Hartman. Yep. Uh, did a whole bunch of fan arts of anime. And Cory uh, in the House, it yeah, looks like. Yeah, apparently Cory in the House, too. <laughs> but, um, uh, no, yeah, we have Butch Hartman drawing One Punch Man, Goku, Totoro, Major Matoko, which is really good. Oh, yeah. Uh, Naruto. I really like the Naruto one. Yeah. I really think his Naruto... It fits Naruto, his style. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Luffy from One Piece... Speed Racer. Speed Racer fits, too. The Colossal Titan. Uh, I like the Colossal Titan fighting Dinkelberg. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so... Dinkelberg. Oh, which and, totally reminds me, we should have brought up how the people who make Fairly Art Pirates, Fred Raider, is doing the Castlevania cartoon that's airing this summer, and it looks amazing. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Castlevania. But it's it looks like it's done by an in-house anime studio. Nope, it's Fred Raider. That's American incredible. Made. That's incredible because it really does look like a full-on anime. Like it does. And if we're talking like classic production IG or studio uh, or studio 4C. Yeah, that would be a good then if that's last thing, that'd be a good transition into our shameless plugs because if uh, you like what you're hearing, uh, we would love for you to support us and throw out you know, some shout outs to your friends saying, hey, listen to Wicked Anime. Hey, listen to Nerdy Show even. Or did you check out nerdyshow.com? They're a great podcast network. Uh, they also uh, have a Patreon, which I mentioned earlier, that even $1 gets you hours of content, like outtakes. Another way that you can help us, though, is that if you go to iTunes, you can even just go to our podcast on the Nerdy Show Network, including Wicked Anime, and give us a five-star rating, and you can leave a review if you want. You don't have to, definitely, but if you would like, it would be much appreciated to us, and we will even read them on the show to tell you how appreciative we are. For example, we just got a brand new five-star rating on our iTunes channel. Uh, from Schmessica, who is, as we Which know... Is Jessica. Yeah, our Wicked fan, Jessica. Um, but she titled her review, Wicked A is Wicked Ace. Uh, probably because somebody already left us a review, Wicked A is Wicked A. Um, and Wicked A is Wicked Awesome. A never-ending verbiage of what goes after Wicked. But 
She writes, Wicked anime strikes the perfect balance of easygoing conversational commentary. I almost said controversial there. <laughs> conversational commentary while ultimately producing well-edited and engaging episodes every other week. Each episode feels like eavesdropping on particularly well-spoken individuals ex expatiating upon topics they are clearly passionate and informed about. She's using some really big words for me, so I'm having trouble with this because she's an English teacher and I am not. So, <laughs> And you're sick, too, right. so you can't. <laughs> working through it, working through it. All right. Add in genuinely charming personalities and irreverent senses of humor, and Wicked A truly becomes a delight to listen to. I have come to trust and appreciate their tastes in judgment in anime and looking forward to viewing their bi-weekly recommendations. Big mistake uh, on your part. Just saying. Uh, no, that's fine. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> most, if not all of my new favorite series have come from the recommendations of the gentlemen and gentlewomen of Wicked A. When not talking about anime, Wicked A has several other segments such as Fetish of the Week, Into the West, Strange News, and Fan Service that are all a delight to listen to in their own, sometimes very bizarre ways. In short, A-plus podcast would highly recommend. Thank Did you, you write this with, like, a quill? Because it looks... It, sound, cause it's, <laughs> it, it just sounds so formal. Yeah. It is, and it's a very well-spoken and very well-written and flattering uh, review. Thank right. you very much, Jessica. Thank you. We appreciate it so much. We appreciate hearing from mm. all of our fans. All of you guys make our show great. Uh, and we will probably see you, Jessica, at the next convention. Yeah. <laughs> Which probably but will anyways, be AAC. Ooh, fun. AAC's a great time. Yeah. Andrew, what else can you... If you guys want to join in on the conversation that we had today, talk about your anime worlds and how big or how small they are and how that affects your story, you can email us at wickedanimereviews at gmail.com. That's wickedanimereviews, all one word, at gmail.com. You can also find us at facebook.com slash wickedanime where you can message us and you can look up news and you can comment on stuff and whatever we have going on that we'd like to share. We pretty much share stuff all day long. If you guys want to join us uh, on nerdyshow.com, where if you're not listening to it on the nerdyshow.com slash wickedanime podcast page right now, you can also find it on SoundCloud slash wickedanime or on iTunes, which we just read that review from. And hey, wickedanime on nerdyshow.com also hosts our videos, but you don't want to see the videos there because you want to subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, so go subscribe to Wicked Anime on YouTube if you want to go find some videos we still have videos in production i know it's been a very long time in between our last video and that's because well hey life gets busy and videos take a very long time to edit mm -hmm. uh, but we do have a couple in the queue that are winding up to come out you can also find us on all the other social medias you can find us at twitter you can tweet us at yo wicked anime where we're somewhat responsive over there i love talking to you guys on twitter twitter is fun it's just plain fun to be on uh, we're on Tumblr, Tumblr, where we tumble tumble things, which is wickedanime.tumblr.com. Uh, and you can also find us every once in a while uh, doing Wicked Anna Play with video games. Maybe I'll stream some Tekken, maybe I won't, I don't know. I'm on Tekken a lot, so hey, might as well stream it. Especially if you guys pick up Tekken. If you guys want to pick up Tekken, let's go fight for a little bit. I would love to fight you guys in Tekken. And hey, when Senran Kagura comes out, man, Evan, we just put in, both of us just put in our pre-orders for the special edition of Senran Kagura, didn't we? Because why not? I Why I wouldn't just, you? We I was browsing Amazon one day and it was like, hey, special edition of Peach Beach Splash. 
uh, no shirt, no shoes edition. Uh, no shoes, no shirts, was, no problem. Yeah, and I was just like, okay, that's mine. Yeah. So I pre-ordered it, and I let Evan know, and he's like, thanks, man. So there you go. We have some Center on Kagura on the way, which will probably ultimately end up being streamed. Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, oh, did I, that's the Twitch channel, Wicked Anna Play. I didn't even mention that. We just went off on a rant on video games. Evan, your turn. Well, before we do that, we should let our listeners know that SoundCloud is now on Xbox One, so you could totally listen to Wicked Anime and the rest of the Nerdy Show while you're playing video games at the same time. You could kill two birds with one stone. That's neat. You actually probably be killing a lot of things on Xbox One. Just saying. Yeah, that is true. Including your Xbox One for PS4. Mm-hmm. What? What? Who said that? Gaming <laughs> equality. Anyway. PC um, Master Race. <laughs> for the recent news, reviews, podcast episodes, and videos featuring members of the Boston Bash Brigade, you can find us at www.b3crew.com. If you have any questions, comments, if you are in a band and want to be featured on our No Borders, No Race podcast, you can write to us at thebastards at bostonbastardbrigade.com. You can follow me on Twitter and the J-pop anime and video games amino pages at KingBaby.esh, on Tumblr at b3crew.tumblr.com, and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash omnistryinc. That is O-M-N-I-S-T-R-Y-I-N-C. You can like us on Facebook.com slash Boston Bash Brigade and on Facebook.com slash Land of Esh. And don't forget about all the other sites under the Land of Esh, including the Electric Sisterhood, Phil's Recap and Review, Smash Rook, and Nerd Crave. And speaking of Phil's Recap and Review, I know I said it on No Borrowers No Race, but congrats to our buddy Phil the Issues Guy for tying the knot to his beloved. It was a beautiful ceremony. Yeah, he did. Uh, Jonathan, you you have to do something very special to, like, one-up him for the wedding. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> let's see, open. I got a year to I got a year to think about it. Yeah, so let's see. He had open bar. He had hors d'oeuvres. He had an all you can eat buffet of dessert. His DJ was blaring Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd. Mm. Uh, so yeah, you got to one up your game there, sir. Well, I can tell you from all those details that uh, it's just going to be a very different experience for our <laughs> wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And hey, let's listen to this. What do you think that is? Oh, what do you think, what do you um, think this is, too? Oh, what do you think this is, as well? And what do you think this is? Okay, I've got, like, four loot anime boxes that I need to do unboxings for, which I'm going to get to <laughs> very, very soon. That's good. Okay, it was my my first guess was either leather seat or it was cardboard box, so... Yes, I have all these... I still... I, I know I haven't done unboxings in a while... I will hopefully get to it sometime out of this week or next, but it's coming. There are four boxes. There might be one box per video, or I might actually do two boxes per video just to play catch up. Because odds are, by the time I start recording, there'll probably be another box at my doorstep. <laughs> I just wanted to say, I hope my listeners, or the listeners of Wicked Anime, who have been reading my anime reviews and video game reviews, have been liking the new addition that I've been doing in each of those pieces, which is the background noise. And what uh. background noise is, for those who haven't checked them out, is basically me talking about the album that I listen to while I write my articles and why it ties in a little bit to what I'm writing about. Gives Something... that same vibe. You'll be, you, can, you can get into Evan's head 
when you listen to his articles or wow when you read his articles you can also listen to his articles yeah basically thank you everybody for listening to this episode of the wicked anime podcast i hope you will return for the next episode uh, when we will record something else uh it's uh, the only way we know how K-Bye! If only life were more like anime, then we'd have the Polenic Girls attack instead. <laughs> well, yeah, we'd either have that or the fact that they only suffer from colds for, like, less than a day. Yeah. yeah. Like, anime girls are the most resilient girls. Their faces turn red, you put a cloth on there. Well, you have to pass out first. Yeah. Pass yes. out from exhaustion. Put a cloth. Wake up on and have all your friends surrounding you. <laughs> yeah. And the next day you're fine. And next day you're fine. No. And that, that actually reminds me because I was watching an anime. I was watching Umaru-chan, and they were making the joke about the leak. Mm-hmm. And you know how, like in Japanese culture, oh, you put the leak up the um, up the bum bum, and as opposed to make you feel better. There's this part not. of me. <laughs> I've never heard that. I've never heard of such a thing. You've never seen? No, that's like a thing that's in that's an anime and and the Japanese culture. You you that. To, to solve colds or flus, the, back in the old days, apparently, they used to put a leak and stick it up the bum. So they, they plugged that leak. <laughs> With <laughs> the leak. Plugged that, they although, plugged that leak. Although now, although now they just tied it around the neck. But it, <laughs> maybe, it, it led me to think, like, who... Like, initially, I thought it was like, was this, like, some sort of scam thing that... <laughs> Like, yeah. well, not scam. Was this something like parents would tell their kids who were trying to fake sick to stay home from school? Oh, like, oh, oh, I'm so, oh, I'm so sick. I have, to, I, I need to stay home. All right, dear. Then Guess we're going to have to stick this leak up your butt. Oh, 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 I'm oh, sorry, okay now. It's a miracle. We only have daikon radishes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Wicked Anime Podcast, presented by Nerdy Show. If you like what you heard, please rate and review on iTunes, or like and follow us on SoundCloud. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network. And there's even more perks available. Just head to patreon.com backslash nerdy show. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this and other nerdy show programming, visit nerdyshow.com backslash sponsorships. You can subscribe to the Wicked Anime Podcast via iTunes and SoundCloud. Leave a comment, like, and share, and follow Nerdy Show and Wicked Anime on all your favorite social networks. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.